Hello. Hello. And welcome to our sixth episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have a treat. <laughs> it's a treat, all right. It's a little different. But different's good. Absolutely. I think th- I think this is a good uh, good um, first step into where we were trying to take this podcast into a variety of topics. I agree. I agree. All the spooky things and the <laughs> crimes. And yes, spooky, crime, weird. We want to cover it. All the things. <laughs> well, I will let Sydney. Uh, set the scene of the case that you picked this week. All right. So we're back in Wisconsin again. We're in the land of uh, cheese, the land of cheese, the home of the brave in the land of the cheese. <laughs> um, New state slogan. <laughs> yeah. I should probably like trademark that before somebody gets a hold of it. TM, TM, TM. So we start off in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. It's located in the center of Walworth County, which is about 46 miles southwest of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if you're familiar. It's in the southeastern region of the state. Um, Our story actually starts off on a road called Bray Road. Prior to the 1960s, when the highways were built surrounding this area, it was rarely used. This is your typical rural road, rural, rural road. Um, Say say that ten times fast. (laughs) Rural, 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 rural. Um, It is surrounded by farmlands. There's a bunch of farmers and just kind of like, I want to say rolling hills, but I think it's just more like cornfields um, <laughs> in this general area. The story is that Bray Road at one time was a Native American trail leading to a group of lakes. So there's always stories, I feel like, that go along with those Native American landmarks, whether it's burial grounds or these trails. I feel like something always seems to follow with them. Absolutely. Don't mess with it. Anyone seen Poltergeist, they know. Don't even get me started on Poltergeist. I forgot that movie (laughs) existed until just now, and now I feel like I know what my weekend plans are. (laughs) You're welcome. That's messed up. So in December of 1991, there are reports that start coming in of residents seeing a animal, or what they're referring to as a werewolf on or near this Bray Road. And by these reports, I mean they are getting reported to like the local newspaper. Um, Linda Godfrey is actually one of the reporters for the local newspaper, the Walworth County Week. Specifically, she's one of the main people getting these reports. The Walworth County Animal Control also gets involved and starts interviewing and filling out incident reports of these sightings that they're hearing and coming across. it seemed like there was a little bit of police involvement, too, but 
I don't really know how the police are getting involved with an animal. I don't yeah, feel like I, they could do a whole lot. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think they were kind of brushing off any weird calls that they were getting. <laughs> you know, a 911 call on the weekend from some drunk guy saying that he saw this big animal, this big dog run across the road and he's scared. And they're just like, yeah, okay. So one of the first stories starting off is someone is traveling down 143 near Delavan, which is a neighboring town, and this large creature runs in front of their car. There's another sighting on Bray Road specifically of people seeing a creature with the head of a wolf or German shepherd. It was huge and it stood on its hind legs. Also, just to preface, in case anyone has not seen a wolf, I feel like (laughs) you can tell the difference between a German Shepherd and a wolf. Most definitely. very confused by this. But I guess, put that into consideration, I guess if it's dark outside, I feel like all of these sightings were definitely, like, near dusk or, like, late at night. Very true. And the I'm only sure thing would be the fast. size. Yeah, I think the size would be the only differentiating feature. A wolf's probably going to be a little bit bigger than the German Shepherd, but maybe like you know I don't know what people. The, three times the size of a German Shepherd. Farm dogs, though, people be feeding their animals crazy things. This is true. This is true. Okay, <laughs> I want to attack maybe this it's a person's wor- claim. A working dog. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, okay. I feel bad for criticizing his claim. Okay, continue. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Another sighting included a mother walking down the road with her children. Up ahead, there's a deer running across the road. And when she explains this, I'm thinking, like, this deer is just happily prancing, like Bambi's running across the road. (laughs) And then some creature on two legs is chasing the deer. And she's like, holy moly, what's going on? Also, a creature on two legs is definitely, I would see that and be like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) This is, like, blink a couple times, like, where am I? Is this a dream? Yeah, did I get sucked into a movie? Like, literally. (laughs) Um, So these reports are actually coming in from a very diverse group of people. Uh, The people making these reports are males, females, white collar, blue collar, All kinds of people. It's not just one specific group of people that are getting together and saying, hey, we should all tell Animal Control and the local police department that we all saw the same animal. It's people from all over town, tourists, people from other towns. So it's not some big conspiracy theory (laughs) or group in a conspiracy. Yes. Please note that. Another claim that comes in is in October of 1991. A senior in high school is driving down Bray Road. She hears a muffled thud, and she's worried that she hit an animal. It's dark outside. Maybe she hit a skunk. Not too sure what it is. She kind of pulls over, and she she pulls over on the side of the road, and she reports that she had saw this thing, and it starts running towards her. She can hear its feet literally hitting the asphalt, like a large pounding noise. So she turns back to her car, and this thing lunges at her car, and there is two visible claw marks the next morning or later that night when she goes to look at her car. Jesus Christ. Shortly after this report came in, in the next couple months, there is another report from a young man 
There are three men driving home from a wedding reception. It's foggy. They can barely see while they're driving. And they start to smell this super foul odor. There is this creature that reaches out towards their car as they're passing by. And it also scratches their vehicle on the side. And there's visible, 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 visible scratch marks on the side of their vehicle. That's got to be, like, right there, that tells me it's got to be something big. Yes, I agree with that. Especially, like, if you can, you know, I don't know what the foul odor has to do with anything. But, <laughs> keep it in there. But, I mean, it, for these large scratches, like, on the side of their vehicle, from both of the pictures I saw, they were they had cars. But, I mean, you still have to get up a little bit. I mean, that's not, like, a small rodent or... Yeah, I don't know, a badger. Well, and that's like the car's metal, so you have to have enough pressure too behind mm-hmm. what you like putting pressure into your hand or paw or whatever it is into it's actually true. scratching. I mean, I get I've never keyed a car. I just want to clarify and preface that. But if you key a car, you have to put pressure into like leaving a visible scratch otherwise it's just like a surface level scratch it's true like i couldn't just scratch somebody's car with my fingernail exactly exactly because i bite my nails but besides the fact well (laughs) i i do not bite my nails and i could not do it (laughs) no but i guess that's true with like the keying the car you have to have i mean the right muscle power to get that going you can't just like, a toddler couldn't just casually... I mean, I guess to say, maybe. I mean, they could, but it would just be kind of It wouldn't be level. as... Yeah, it wouldn't be as in-depth. Yeah. These were pretty in-depth scratches. Uh, another report that comes in is from a bar manager in town. She's driving home from work. It's late at night. She sees something in the ditch, and it looks like something's kneeling down, and it's eating some type of roadkill. She actually goes to John Fredrickson, which I believe was the head of, like, the animal control department, um, to speak of her experience. He explains, basically, if it's not something within the natural order of nature, that it's something supernatural. He had books that were actually behind him on a shelf, which, not long into their conversation, these books come flying off the shelf with no explanation as to why and they're discussing this supernatural being what the hell (laughs) could just be a random coincidence (laughs) could just be a random coincidence there was a minor earthquake in just that (laughs) building rural wisconsin (laughs) southeast rural wisconsin (laughs) so there's all these reports that started coming in this local paper comes up with an article and there's sort of a frenzy and a panic. Uh, Those who made those reports were being teased. They were embarrassed for sharing their stories. Um, It was almost like half of the town believed the stories and half of the town was like, this has to be a bunch of bullshit. Like, why, why are you guys lying about this? After this article comes out, though, more sightings are continuing to come in from other towns, other states, And ultimately, they're all describing the same thing, which is a dog-like creature standing on two legs. And some occasions, it's going on all fours. 
It's like black gray fur. And it has a very aggressive stance, which I'm not really sure what a very aggressive stance is, but they're all describing the same thing of just an angry beast. (laughs) Angry beast. And, you know, I'm picturing a predator (laughs) of some sort, for sure. I was picturing Beast from Beauty and the Beast when he was I mean, like, angry in the beginning. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> like a, a a bear wolf, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the Beast. Yeah. What else do we got? We got another report comes in from Jefferson County, which is an adjacent county. A man calls in and says that his, da- his dad had actually seen this thing in 1936. He had worked at an institute. It was a Catholic institution for taking care of people with special needs. He, his dad was a watchman there on the grounds. And there were several ancient burial mounds. Ooh. One night he walks up on one of these mounds where there's this large canine-like creature digging. It runs off, but the next night when he goes back, it's there again. He had this whole story about how he believed that the the beast animal thing digging had said the word Gadara, which is a part of the New Testament in the Christian Bible. There was a man who was filled with demons who was called Gadarine because it was in the region of Gadara, and that was where Jesus cast the demons out of this man. That kind of made me feel like it was a little bit of a far-fetched story because there was way too much coincidence, but did you see some type of animal (laughs) probably digging? More than likely. Did this animal say something? I don't know. And also, like, was it a stray dog? Was it... it, I don't know. I'm not convinced yet on that story. (laughs) Not convinced either. Not not this story. (laughs) That story, that specific man story. Yes. (laughs) One of the priests that was actually connected to this institution, though, had had bad problems after he had exorcised a demon from a young person in that parish. And this demon had then attached himself to him. So they had to throw that in there to make sure that there was a connection to the demon aspect. Which, I mean, (laughs) it very well could be some sort of satanic well we'll get over that in the next the next story so there was another woman who had one of the first modern day sightings back in like 1991 1992 and she actually believed that this had to have been some sort of satanic connection and was convinced that this was actually the dark prince the satan himself was this beast that is on bray road okay well i'm gonna clarify because (laughs) Anyone who knows anything about Satan or satanic beliefs, they believe that Satan is, like, almost goat-like. I mean, that's why if you look at, like, satanic rituals, they'll sacrifice goats. And that's why, like, goat horns and stuff like that are super important. But he's got hooved feet. So that's very different from a bear or a wolf. Or a dog or whatever. (laughs) Uh, They don't have hooved feet like goats. Interesting. Throwing that out there. But he does walk on two legs even though he's very animal-like. Supposedly. I wouldn't know. I haven't 
come across <laughs> Satan himself. I don't know anyone who has, but just saying. He was not a witness to this yet. No, I'm just going off of simple, like, Satanism, folklore, that kind of stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I should probably read up on my folklore. I didn't know anything about goats. Well, the more you know. <laughs> True. True. Um, so in the 1980s, 1990s, this is when all this cult activity is going on. And there's actually many reports of cult activity in Elkhorn where there's animals being mutilated and their organs are being removed. There were three or four counties in Wisconsin specifically that were said to be notorious for cult activity during that time. And naturally, of course, Walworth had to be one of those counties, which everybody's got to have a theory for something. So they're just linking, oh, there's a beast and we have a bunch of cult activity. They got to be connected. It only makes sense. Definitely. And taking it back, you know, to our first case where we kind of talked about satanic panic in the in the United States and America and stuff. You know, the 80s and 90s was definitely high alert time. Like the 80s, early 90s, people were freaking out and thinking that Satanists were everywhere. (laughs) It's true. Like it was an explosion. Yeah. So if it wasn't your next door neighbor it was the guy across the street exactly (laughs) everyone was suspecting everyone of some sort of cult or satanic involvement a little absurd but it's okay you live and you learn you live and you learn it's true this is true when speaking with some of the native american tribes wisconsin has a lot of native american tribes if you're unfamiliar with that um When going back to them and speaking with them, they say that these creatures are considered to be quite old. They were here prior to us humans, and they are more than likely of some sort of supernatural origin. Dun, dun, dun. I thought that was a good spot for it. I think that was a great spot for it. Thanks. So I think that was really important er, to note. I don't know. I feel like the natives, the Native Americans, I mean, they were here before us, so they know everything. So if they're saying that <laughs> the beasts were there before they were there, I mean, it only makes sense. And I think that they have a, very, a lot of interesting and, like, supernatural stories that go along with them. Oh, yeah. I'm very big into Native American culture and mythology, so um, that stuff really fascinates me. I definitely don't think they were delusional I think there's a reason they thought those types of things and yeah even in my research I was finding stuff like it was dating back to early settler days in Wisconsin or pre-settler days that these canine like creatures would just like attack and vanish without a trace which I also thought you know you somebody out there you can slap me if you need to but this brought me back to twilight and then <laughs> oh my god, I have to slap you. <laughs> I could reach through the screen. <laughs> and yeah. I just immediately started thinking about um <laughs> Jacob and Edward. And <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm getting really off topic. But if you know what yeah. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm just gonna put it out there for anyone else. I don't know. Obviously, Sydney fucks with Twilight. I don't fuck with Twilight. I'm a diehard. <laughs> Harry Potter fan over here, so 
Just gotta say that. They competed in the box office. I still hold a grudge. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. In 2007, a farmer actually gets some of this land on Bray Road. He takes some roadkill, basically puts animals in a hole in his backyard to kind of test out what this Bray Road beast is actually doing. Um, on one occasion, a raccoon had slit down straight down the middle, and there was a pile of the organs next to it, nicely in a pile. On a separate occasion, there's a badger that he puts in this hole, and the badgers moved about 15 to 20 feet away. Um, if you're not familiar with badgers, they're pretty large. They can be, like, 25 pounds. So, like, that's not something they're that just big boys. a small <laughs> animal can pick up and put in their mouth and be like, oh, yeah, I don't want this anymore, like... It's a hefty little thing. Yeah. In addition, this farmer sets up some trail cams, and there's some weird phenomenon that takes place. There is a deer that he purposely places out there. The deer goes missing. He checks the trail cam thinking, oh, this is perfect. I definitely caught it this time. So during the time when it would have been taken, there's this strange mist that appears on all of the frames. And the prints or the tracks of this animal are only from an animal that would have been, like, on its hind legs. It would have had to gone over a fence, and that's completely abnormal for something like a coyote or a, a dog. Do dogs walk on their hind legs? I don't think so. No, <laughs> they do not. <laughs> so that was the most current phenomenon that has happened um it seemed like this guy was kind of doing further research he's got this property he's like all right i'm gonna put all these animals out here i'm gonna find something doesn't seem like he's found anything a lot of where my stuff came from there was actually a documentary on amazon prime called did you watch that called the um i did not you didn't watch it? No, I'm going to watch it this week. I didn't want... I just did a lot of research on, like, the actual creature, so I didn't get any of, like, a lot the of, like, stories. the sightings and stuff, but I got a lot of, like, the history description and, like, how cryptozoologists look at them, this creature. So I didn't want to, like, change what I was going to say with any of the hey, sightings. Okay. See, I, was I very figured you'd it. handle that part. <laughs> so I watched a documentary. Um, it's called The Bray Road Beast. It's on Amazon Prime. It's free. You should watch it. It's basically just like an hour of this reporter, Linda Godfrey. She's also wrote a book um, specifically about the Beast of Bray Road. And it, she talks about the different sightings that people had told to her, um, some of her specific theories on it. And then there's some other people that talk as well, um, just kind of talking about what they believe it to be, you know, the locals, etc. Um, but it's very interesting. I think this story has traveled pretty far, believe it or not. I know Peyton said she hadn't heard about it. But one of the people that they had talked to on the documentary, his last name is Bray, and the road's named Bray. And he said that he's gone to multiple places, like, across the country, and people will be like, oh, Bray, like the Beast of Bray Road? And he'll be like, yeah. 
Like, what? <laughs> That's wild. And I can't believe I've never heard this before. But I will say, when I was looking it up, so the Beast of Bray Road apparently counts as the most famous of any modern American werewolves. So I can't believe I've never heard this because this is, like, the most famous number one that people would know if you talk about American werewolves, I guess. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. See, I just assumed it was, like, a Wisconsin thing. Um, I actually, when I first heard about it, I don't remember how long ago this was, but, like, the first time my mom brought it up, I was like, Mom, you have to take me to this road. So we drove <laughs> out there. We drive to the road. It's, like, the middle of the day. There's <laughs> so nothing. nothing. It's, literally just, it's literally just farmland everywhere. And yeah, it was it wasn't at all what I was expecting. I think in my head I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna see all these werewolves everywhere. This is gonna be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> no, it was just I think I saw a couple tractors. Like there was there was nothing going on. But it could have been. Maybe I should go at night. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a better story. I'm sure it's not it's not that far of a drive from you, right? No. So Elkhorn's probably like it's like the next county over if you're going west. Okay. Um, Walworth is, but it's probably like 45 minutes. It's not that far. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, when I was looking it up and doing all my research, there are a ton of sightings, and it was like, oh, even as far as northern Illinois. But I was like, wait a second, isn't northern Illinois like 20, 30 minutes south? Like it's not that far. <laughs> hey, shut up. It's, <laughs> no, it's not like, that. It's not that far, so you guys are more like South Wisconsin, so I was like, that, oh, as far as Northern Illinois, but I also saw that they saw sightings or claim sightings even further North Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. uh, bordering like Michigan, like the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I thought that was really interesting because one thing I kept finding was it could be same or similar as what is known as the Michigan Dogman didn't even know that but then I of course went on that rabbit hole and it's basically another cryptoid werewolf I had never even heard of it because it's more like upper peninsula but I thought that was super interesting too so there are kind of sightings a lot in that Wisconsin upper Michigan area maybe it's just like a it is like a midwestern thing like people start feeding like their German shepherds like (laughs) all this meat and then their dogs just like get huge (laughs) okay (laughs) well I do want to dispel one myth because I dug up a bunch of research on this so one it's called like a bear wolf or hinted to be like a bear wolf and people suspect it could potentially be a bear with mange and I don't know have you ever seen pictures of animals with mange what is mange (laughs) so it's like severe matted fur or like losing fur in spots so like one of the big things is like bigfoot could be a like all the bigfoot sightings are probably just a bear with mange i've looked up pictures what of like what a bear or wolf with mange looks like previously prior to this i do a lot of weird research my google history is super freaking weird um yeah So, like, I could definitely see where, like, a bear with mange kind of is, like, human-like. And almost, like, that weird cross between, like, werewolf, bear, canine, human. Like, it 
it does definitely look very different than a real bear. But I dug in to the DNR website. <laughs> this is where Yes. Okay, so I wanted to point this out. I literally looked at a map of like modern day bear sightings. Okay. Modern day currently obviously Wisconsin has bears. Michigan has bears. Oh yeah. But oh, they're yeah. like we don't have bears by us in Michigan. Like that would be damn near impossible we do have like coyotes and stuff but the further north you go more wooded the more rural (laughs) i have to pronounce it every time i say it rural (laughs) you get (laughs) the more rural you get the more obviously you're likely to see that kind of wildlife but when i looked at a map on the dnr website they show the southern counties And so, like, Racine, Walworth counties, there's, there are, like, steps. There were, like, five or six options by how it was colored. And the very last one was, like, not present at all, which is, like, when you're just entering, like, northern Illinois. They list it as, like, bears not present at all. Those, like, that bottom corner of Wisconsin, it's just this step up which labels it as transient so basically you won't see bears in that area unless you see one random bear that has like wandered somehow and usually the dnr yeah and then usually the dnr is on top of it because or you know animal control anything like that because they're making sure that that bear gets back to where it needs to go without harming anyone because it's not in its natural territory and I know people are going to be like, oh, well, that's 2021. Bear population's decreasing. False. Bear population is increasing from the last 20, 30 years. And so those sightings now might be more common as a transient bear wandering in that area than they were 30 years ago. So I thought that was very interesting, too. So the likelihood of, you know, so many heavily, pe- like people heavily sighting this and spotting this. In, like, the early 90s, to me, it's, like, almost impossible that it was a bear. A Personal. bear boom. Yeah. <laughs> the that's bears what are booming. Had, that's what it had to been, but their population's increasing back up now. So, I don't see that it could have really been, like, a ton of bears in the area. You know what I mean? They weren't no. around that. Also, like... Bears, I mean, I've seen a bear, not, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I've seen a bear in northern <laughs> Wisconsin um, a few times when I've been up there. In the wild? But like, like yeah, a but like, bear? A, like poo bear outside. Did you, were but you like, scared? No, I was oh. drinking, so it was fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just very curious. Last summer when we went up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, we went to like a bear farm, which sounds really weird. (laughs) It's like it started as like a rehab center. So they work with the DNR when they find injured bears or abandoned cubs. So they breed them. A lot of like abandoned cubs can't be re-released at that point because they don't aren't taught how to like hunt and survive on their own. So they'll end up, you know, being in there and whatever. So we saw some 
rehabilitated or wounded and working on rehab bears. They were some big boys. I would not want to run across a bear like that. And also, even if there was a bear like out in the wild like that, I feel like a bear is like it's chunky. True. I don't know. Personally. True. <laughs> they are big, but I think like so. My main point was like they're not nocturnal animals. Like they're out during the day too. Cause like yeah, I saw like it was like just the middle like broad daylight. Like I was across the street at a bar, and then it was like everyone outside was like, "Oh my god, there's a bear over there!" And I was like, "Oh my god, it is a bear!" But it was like two o'clock, three o'clock. Like. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like what are the chances all of these sightings that I read into were at like dusk or pitch black? Like nothing was like during the day. Right. Which kind of makes me lean more towards like a wolf, which tends to be more nocturnal than a bear. Mm-hmm. But they don't walk on two legs. No. So mm-hmm. I don't know. No. And I feel like there was there was a reference to in the documentary, um, the farmer who was kind of like testing, like, oh, I'm going to put this crap in this hole over here and then see what comes and gets it. And I'm going to like see what happens um, about he had reported it to like the UW science ward or whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, it could just be like something on stilts. And he was like, no, y'all are out of your minds. Nobody's like walking around on stilts fucking tearing apart this badger and putting it 25 feet away <laughs> like why would, why would yeah do that? who would do that what like, <laughs> but that was like basically like what the uw like wisconsin madison like science i don't know the right term like science department or whatever basically said like oh yeah we looked into this for you and like did you think of the possibility of someone pranking you on stilts and i was like what <laughs> why <laughs> no i did not <laughs> No, that actually never came to mind. Thanks for bringing it up. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, so people are crazy because also I'm sure I don't know if everyone out there, I guess, knows. So like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, those are considered to be cryptoids. That's what they're called, cryptoid um like creatures, animals. So there are people that their job are cryptozoologists. They study these like legendary mythical creatures like werewolves and Bigfoot and Mothman and stuff like that. Super fascinated. I love all these stories. Again, we will definitely be talking about Bigfoot at some point in time. But <laughs> uh, I thought it was super interesting too. So I actually went on to like a cryptids website to kind of break down like the description of the Beast of Bray Road and what cryptozoologists think of it. And essentially most cryptozoologists have labeled it as like a Bigfoot in order to like, it said in order to avoid dealing with the scientific absurdities involved with werewolves. <laughs> I was like, okay. So you're just like, cat. I don't know. I saw pictures and like based off descriptions it's definitely more werewolf than a bigfoot so they just added into like the same classification so they're like we don't need to go into further detail about this we don't want to create a (laughs) frenzy we don't want to deal with the 
the aftermath of what the people will think when they found out we admitted that there's werewolves. Yeah. Or, like, a cryptid canine. So, just, like, a giant dog creature. I think the werewolf is the only thing that makes sense. I mean, everything I know about werewolves, they're on two legs, but they also do four. They come out at night. Come on. They live by the moon. So, yes, they come out at night. They're nocturnal. They're big. They're big. And they're fast. Because they're people. Because they're people. Yeah. I don't know, man. So maybe it is a prankster. It's a werewolf on two feet, two legs, pranking this farmer guy. Not a guy (laughs) on stilts. Maybe it's another neighbor. That's a very good point. (laughs) I don't remember where I was going to go with this. Something about werewolves, obviously, and like dating back to culture, the beginning of like Wisconsin culture and settlers, but it wasn't a complete formed thought, so. <laughs> and Jacob from Twilight and his family. <sighs> Dating all the way back to 2006. I don't know. I only saw the first Twilight movie and then I was over it, so. It's, it's such a good one. Classic. I just hate to disappoint. I do know a lot about, like, the history of, like, the werewolf and, like, where it is derived from which I'm gonna totally sound like a nerd when I tell you this that I've known this for so long just for funsies um but it dates back to Romulus and Remus the brothers who built Rome because supposedly they were abandoned as orphans and raised by wolves outside of culture and society and that's where like the mythology and like at least ancient Roman mythology derives from like werewolves and that they were raised by wolves and were humans with wolf-like tendencies. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think it's absurd. I mean, to think that like, this is a story that's been around for hundreds, thousands of years, you know what I mean? (laughs) Over time, like Rome's been, around for thousands of years right i don't i don't know i don't know history and a long time (laughs) longer than me well same (laughs) um but like it dates the story of like werewolves dates back to then and then like the jungle book even so even american society and that's been around that story's been around for i think the first jungle book came out in like the 70s so There's just, like, a huge history of, like, werewolf culture, I should say. That's true. So, I don't know. I think it's super interesting. It's very interesting. If you take a trip out there, let me know if you see um, glowing eyes or Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go at night next time. I'm going to have to ask my mom. She doesn't drive at night, so she'll probably say that I have to drive. Okay, just don't go by yourself, because if you see one... (laughs) If I see one, I'm definitely not coming back from that. That'll be the end. <laughs> at least at your funeral, I'll tell everyone you died doing what you loved. <laughs> I got you. Jacob, come here, Jacob. <laughs> You'll get, like, mauled to death by, like, a feral dog. 
<laughs> that that's also the other thing like knowing me I'd be like oh that's definitely it that's it I'd pull over and it's like a bunch of animals just like it's a coyote yeah just ready to kill just a pack of coyotes well the good thing is like coyotes are usually scared of humans so (laughs) it was just mating season I saw a bunch of warnings on Facebook not to let your dogs outside because they'd attack them dang so mating season is not the time to f with the coyotes I guess yeah, and I, but I think they're more scared of humans, at least. I know, I mean, we have had a big coyote population growing back, even in, like, Metro Detroit <laughs> for the last few years. There have been a lot of sightings. I'll shout out uh, Rena and my dad. So my dad and his fiance, they actually saw, I think my dad was with her, and they saw a coyote or coyotes by her parents' house a couple years ago. Which is, like, a very heavily populated area. (laughs) Just lost. Well, it sucks for the... I feel bad for animals like that, though, too. I mean, like, what came first? The the town or the coyote? The The, the the coyote. coyote. (laughs) Like, what came first? Elkhorn or the werewolves? The werewolves. The werewolves. Elkhorn's Elkhorn's in their territory. Y'all gotta deal with it now. That's the thing that sucks. Like, we build all this stuff, we build the cities up, we build the towns up, and then where does the nature have to go? Don't even get me started, because my tree-hugging self will go on a whole rant about that. No, we don't have time for that. <laughs> I know, I know. Alright, you got anything else? Because I got a joke. Um, I don't think so. Alright, alright. Are you ready? I am as ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) All right. So two almonds walk into a bar. They order 20 tequila shots each. The bartender says, what are you guys, nuts? (laughs) They just keep getting worse. (laughs) Let me tell you guys, slim picking for tequila and taco jokes. Slim okay, pickings. well, I also had another idea earlier of something funny that we could end our day with, or our, our episode with. So, I'm sure you've seen the memes on Facebook, you know, the general joke, uh, Florida man stories. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Florida do. man does this, Florida man does that. I totally know what you're talking about. So, I had Googled Florida Man Taco earlier, and I actually just Googled it this time, and I found a different story. So, it works. I think we can always give you a little... A Florida Man Taco story? Yeah, just a little quick tidbit out of this story. This is from October 2011, and... Okay, so this is from October 2011 in Jensen Beach. No idea where in Florida this is. But apparently, a drunk Florida man tries to use a taco as his ID after his car caught fire at Taco Bell. (laughs) That's a whole Uh, mood. It's it's a whole mood. He apparently got pretty drunk and decided he wanted a fourth meal. 
and went to Taco Bell, of course. Made it all the way to Taco Bell, placed his order, received his taco, and then fell asleep at the pickup window. (laughs) That's good stuff. So everyone behind him was stuck. Just all pissed off, honking their horns. It says Whoa, after his car catches fire. His car didn't catch fire, so that was kind of whack story uh, headline. But, oh, it did catch fire. <laughs> what? How did it catch on fire? I kept reading. I kept reading. Okay. So, yeah, he um, fell asleep. They obviously called the cops, and the cops showed up, knocked on the window <laughs> to wake him up. And apparently when he just reached into his bag to hand because they asked for his ID he reached into his bag and just handed the taco and then he says another deputy clarified they were asking for an ID not a taco so then the guy laughed and began eating the taco apparently he had fallen asleep with his foot on the gas pedal but it was in park so while they were standing there like, smoke had started coming out of the engine, and it did kind of catch on fire a little bit. But they caught it right away, so they used fire extinguishers to put it out. And, Sydney, do you know what the legal limit for intoxication is considered? Oh. It's .08. I don't freaking know. I don't freaking <laughs> drive. Yeah, but you've never seen, like, those commercials. You don't watch Law and Order. No. I don't really okay. watch Law and Order. I like the true <laughs> stuff. It's all based on true stories. Well, I want to know the real on... names. Okay, yeah, then I always look up the stories. But anyways, .08, this guy had a blood alcohol content between .225 and .227. From all that Diablo sauce. Three times legal limits. That's pretty wild. So, that Florida man taught us you cannot use a taco as your identification, people. What did we learn today? (laughs) Werewolves are real, and tacos are not identification cards. Facts. The more you know. (laughs) Stay with us for more facts. Well, follow us on... Or like and subscribe or follow us. I don't know how social media works, apparently. Um, On Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. T-E-K-I-L-L-Y-A. Instagram, just Tacos and Tequila. You could give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're having a good time. Big facts. We appreciate all of that. I think we are going to plan a fun promo too to get some reviews up for us we're we're, work in progress (laughs) maybe some uh free merc coming your way yeah we're working on some fun stuff and trying to keep it interesting so yeah definitely follow us on social media to stay updated and we like cheesy jokes so there's some cheesy stuff on there sometimes yep If you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you hate, you can send us an email. You can slide in my DMs. It's tacosandtequilia at gmail.com. Or you can just message us on Instagram or Facebook. 
yeah, we uh, would love to hear from you all. But I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, we will be talking to you next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!